Welcome to Technology Knops. I'm Daryl O'Donnell. Hey, how you doing? It's Daryl. Welcome to the podcast. Um, technology and Ops is all about helping you get your technology deployed into an operational environment. It's aimed at first responders and the communities surrounding them, but the concepts really apply to any technology that changes things when it's deployed, especially if there are operational processes or policies or governance need to be needs to be considered. Today, I just wanted to talk to you about a concept called control and influence, because it's natural for us in a project to want to control everything, especially when you're dealing with the first responders, the people who have operational decisions in the field, whether that be utility workers, even businesses running the factory floor. Those are operational processes. People want to control things so that things can't change without them knowing about it. But what ends up happening is we try to control too much and it's natural. It's just we want to try to remove as many variables, as many things that are changing. We want to remove them by taking and take them over. Now, what ends up happening, though, is we end up imposing artificial barriers. We have barriers between groups that should be working together that aren't because someone has duplicated capability. Inevitably, your costs go up because with control comes cost. If you're trying to control something, you own the problem which means you are going to have to pay for the problem. And there's an intent here to control things. But in reality, by trying to control too much, we end up losing control. We overextend our teams. There are places where it's clearly not our strength. You take a great example I see all the time in the situational awareness space, the information interoperability space, is you'll end up with duplication of functionality like uh, GIS, the geographic information systems, the sort of the electronic maps. Trying to control too much there becomes really problematic. If you're a really big organization, you can afford, let's say a police organization can afford to have a GIS technician in-house, but they still need to rely upon and reach back to that more corporate, larger scale group of GIS people, especially in a crisis, because if you only have one person on a 24-7 basis, you're going to burn them out really, really quickly. General rule of thumb I've got is that if, if something is absolutely critical to your success, to your operational needs, you should control it. If you can live with other people running it, if other groups running it and owning it, let them. Just influence it. So the rule of thumb I give all of my clients is, there's a statement I make all the time, and that is control only what you must, influence the rest. The whole idea there is resist controlling something. If you can, if you have to own it, fine, step up, own it, but make sure you're influencing those other things that you need because you can have a far, far bigger impact. Because remember, control comes with costs. I'll say that again and again. This is part of a a much larger training system. And we go into this in, in real detail, even deeper. But it comes up again and again as this control comes with cost. That comes on both the initial, that capital cost, as well as the ongoing, the operating costs. It really, these controlling costs can actually really overtake your budgets. They can start eating up so much of your budget. For example, if you try to do a project and go and buy a ton of, let's go back to that GIS example, a whole ton of GIS data, some imagery, uh, vector data, whatever data it is, you go and buy it. Well, guess what? Now you're on the hook to maintain it. I've seen time and time again, departments buying individual data sets from groups and really what they should have done was stick their heads together. One of the groups would have paid an extra 10% and covered off the whole 
organization. We're talking, you know, savings of, you know, three, four times. It would have, the cost would have been 20, 25% of what the company was paying. And again, control comes with the best of intentions, but it doesn't usually work. If you control too much things that are not your core, you're going to be in trouble. So again, resist controlling things that are really beyond your mandate. Now, if you're looking for methods of control, there's really two types. There's direct and indirect. On the direct side of control, you can build in the ownership as part of a project. You need to consider the initial costs. You need to consider sustainment. You can have service level agreements with your partners that give you a tighter level of control, but you're still just influencing, maybe by transferring money from your department or just establishing a memorandum of understanding, that type of thing. Now we have indirect methods of control. It gets a little more, not vague, but a little more thinking is involved in, in getting these indirect methods. One of which in the information space, in the, in the technical space, is whenever possible, try and use data standards, information standards. Whether those standards are like IEEE, ISO, OASIS, NEME, lots of different standards bodies out there. If you think you're so radically different from all the other groups that are much like you, you're probably incorrect. You might have a special need that is slightly different. Where possible, adopt a standard and extend it if you can. And again, depending on how hard a a legal agreement, you can also take an indirect control by putting in memory of understanding. Depends how deeply you can get that, those MOUs in place. They sometimes feel more direct than they are. Sometimes they're direct. And when you're looking at control, you got to ask yourself three questions. First question you ask is, is this part of my mandate? If it is, well, move on to the next question. Next part one is, do I really need to own this problem? Because as you know, owning a problem means that you're, well, you're paying for it in time, in sweat, in, in dollars. Somebody's paying for it. And if you own it, it's you. Additionally, another third question there is, is there somebody I can work with that can do it better, but still meet my needs? This is where you get into you know, a formal service level agreement with someone. That's a direct method of control or an informal and indirect method, which is get a memorandum of understanding, get an agreement in place, have a beer with somebody, shake hands on it. Try, though, to make that more systematic such that it lives on when you move on to a new position as you move up in your career. I'll give you a few methods for influence as well. As I mentioned, the technical and open standards are some of the best ways to get control. It's also some of the best ways to influence. If you find there's a gap, step up, throw, you're going to be throwing money at this problem if you want to control it. Why not step up, put that money at something that benefits the broad community and make sure you got a little bit of skin in the game, but you might find you're spending a lot less money that way. You can also, though, create formal linkages between those key pieces. You do some cost sharing with the owner, the controller of, uh, let's say, let's go back to our GIS example. You could do a cost saving where you maybe pay for a portion of a full-time equivalent of, of, of a person in the event that you do need to tap that resource and say, bring them into your operation center for some period of time. There's a dollar cost savings there, but there's also the relationship. By trying to control everything, you basically push a lot of people away. The influence you can get, you can get exactly the resources you need, but the influence and the relationships that you build are absolutely incredible. And then if you need to influence and you have political clout, you've got some favors uh, saved up, some chits, go ahead, use them. 
But again, make sure you're taking a look at how you make that more formal because you don't want to be the personality in charge of that individual thing. You want to be able to hand that off to someone so they can keep going. Additionally, you need to understand when you're doing the influence side, you need to understand the dependencies that you have because we're all working together on various different things. And when you need to, you need to let go of things that you don't really need. You may have to give up some control in order to gain that ability to influence. But again, the influence should come at a lower cost, but still meet your business needs. Well, that's about it for today. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you'd like more information, head over to the website, www.technologynops.com slash podcast. If you're in the U.S., you can send a text, uh, send tech in ops, T-E-C-H-I-N-O-P-S to five. 8885. Once again, that's tech in ops to 58885. If you're in Canada, send a text to 613-519-1339 and we'll get you hooked up with a monthly newsletter. We'll keep coming with the podcasts and uh, we'll get you a few other things there. Don't forget to reach out with any questions or ideas for future discussion. If you want to be interviewed on Technology and Ops, reach out. That's You can hit us at uh, podcast at technologyandops.com. Thanks again. It's Daryl O'Donnell. Now let's get out there and make a difference. 